The best ministry comes out of your pain, comes out of your lack, comes out of your brokenness. Sometimes you have to be bruised in order to be used. You think about it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You bring more glory to God. listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad you're with us as we continue our look at John chapter 6 in a message called What's in Your Hand? And Pastor, I think this is such a powerful truth for us to understand. I remember years ago hearing a pastor talk along these lines and, and praying a prayer <laughs> like, God, can I, can I be the person that you use without bruising? Could you use me yeah. without, you know, breaking me first? And of course, it never works out that way, does it? No, it never if, if does. If God is going to use us, we always go through a season of brokenness, I think. You know, I think about the disciples, and, you know, I don't know why people don't see the humor that's in the Bible. The Bible's humorous. Oh, yeah. You know, because think about it. When he met with them on mountaintops, what was the focus? Revelation. But in the valley, what was the focus? Maturation. Mm-hmm. So revelation on the mountaintops, like Sermon on the Mount, Yep. maturation in the valley, like when they're on the boat. Can you imagine the second time? Remember the first time they go on the boat, you know, Jesus asleep and all that. Yep. And then you imagine now he says, all right, get on the boat. I can imagine Peter say, oh, no, not the boat. <laughs> Here we again. go again. <laughs> Here we go again with this boat thing. Yeah. When is this going to be over? But if you'll notice uh, what happened, uh, they learn so much quicker so much more uh, in the storms. Like, for example, I I really love it because it says that they were afraid of the storm. But then it says they were exceeding afraid of Jesus when he calmed the storm. So they learned something about Jesus in the storm that they never would have learned had they not had the storm and wouldn't have come out of it without the storm. And so storms are a very real part of life, and it sensitizes us more to the purpose of God for our life. Now, I don't say we like it. Yeah. You know, I don't say we even want to go through it. And I definitely, if you're like me, I want this to be over. Yeah, right. But I understand something. James says it this way, James chapter one, two through four, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be complete and entire, lacking nothing. We read a passage like that, and you say, okay, I understand that in those storms of life and in those hard times, God can use that to grow my faith and to mature me in my walk with him. And I remember uh, in times like that, praying that prayer, God, what do you have for me? Show me what you want me to learn. And feeling like, why are you not then answering that prayer? I'm trying to be yielded to you. I want to learn what you're trying to teach me. I think sometimes God lets us even sit in that spot because he wants us to really learn, you know, are we just praying that prayer or do we right. really mean that? And do we really want to grow and to and, know him? And here's one real quick, Steve. Why do I have to suffer so that God can minister to somebody else? Mm. Well, with questions like that, let's get into John chapter six, as uh, that's what we're going to be addressing in uh, today's broadcast. 
Um, we're continuing a message called What's in Your Hand. Here is Pastor Ford. Unbelievers don't come to church. And the number one reason is not because they don't want to know the truth. They do want to know the truth. Here's the number one reason. Survey says people are unfriendly. People are unfriendly. And I was teasing them this morning. I'm going to tease you too. In the fellowship time, when we greet our visitors, how many of you actually get up and greet a visitor? You'd be running to each other. Girl, I ain't seen you since Wednesday night Bible study. What up, dog? You just, you just had the discipleship on Thursday. Go speak to somebody you don't know. Make somebody feel welcome. And what gets me is, you know there are leaders who won't get off their rusty dusty and go say hello to somebody they don't know? A leader. A leader of a ministry in this Bible-believing church where Bible is our middle name. In the words of that great theologian, Mike Tyson, it's ludicrous. Ludicrous. It's ludicrous. In other words, we say it all the time. Here's the number two reason. Sermons are boring, so you know they ain't been here. Because they would have said sermons are long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so you know it and I know it. Jesus was tired. He could have said, look, 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 look. Tell him to take two Psalm 23 and call me in the morning. But no, he ministered to them. There's only three kinds of people in the world, according to that venerable scholar, Dr. Warren Wiersbe, in his commentary on the Good Samaritan. There are those who will beat you up. There are those who will pass you up. And there are those who will pick you up. Christ Bible Church, I trust that more of us are going to become those that pick people up, that see people down in the gutter and reach down and pick them up. Now, I know this ain't a sermon. This ain't a sermon to shout off today. I know it. I know it. Uh, but I'm going to preach it. I know you're waiting for the fishes and the loaves when we actually get to it. All that kind of stuff. Where's the multiplication take place? In his hands. You know, all that, all that good stuff. But, but right now, Jesus sets a powerful example. You don't minister out of your convenience. You minister out of your pain. Hmm. You know, it really, it really turned my ministry around about 25, it's been a little longer than that, probably like 30 years ago. I was sitting in a, a pastor's conference and the preacher got up and said, if you want to know what your congregation is like, just look in the mirror. And, and see, the reason it hit me in the face is because I had just got done talking about y'all. I was fleecing the flock, and I was telling about them folk there. I'm ready to get up out of there. And he got up and preached, and one of the first things he said, pastors, I need to let you know, if you want to know what your congregation is like, just look in the mirror. And then he said this, if you want to know the temperature of your congregation, put the thermometer in your own mouth. I said, them Negroes ain't like me. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yes, yes, oh yes. Somebody said this to me. They said about three Sundays ago. He said, man, I've been checking y'all out. He said, I was here for your anniversary. He said, man, that church could sing, man. He said, but I'm doing these classes. I'm listening to you. And I was in, the, in a couple of these classes. I've been taking all the classes because I was in the class and this guy was so profound. 
I say, that guy, man, he, he sounds better than this preacher. He said, I went to another class that was in that big room. What y'all called? I said, all-purpose room. He said, I listened to him. He said, he said, man, you got some teachers around here. I said, yeah. I said, you got to realize we draw according to who we are. Oh, oh by the way, that, this, this ain't on my notes, but I'm just going to throw this out for all, all my single sisters, you know, all my single brothers. You don't usually get who you want. You get who you are. Yeah, because sister said to me, you know, last five dudes I dated have all been dogs. And I said, all been dogs. Yeah, okay, now you're the common denominator. So if they've all been dogs, that may make you a dogette. And you know, you know, how, you know what I say all the time. If all the men are dogs that are following you, quit feeding them your gravy train. Not just anyway, and, and, and so and, and so I told him. I said, I said, listen, I'm a teacher, not a preacher. That's what I draw. The pastor who preached here, he is a musician and a singer. That's who he draw. You draw after your kind. I hope there's some folk in here that got their pastor's heart because I got a heart for ministry. I got a heart for people. I want to serve people. I want to see people get saved. I want to see marriages be put back together. I want to see some brothers get saved off the corner and let them come in here and be security in the church. I, I want to see some people changed and turn around. I sure hope. Uh, because Jesus saw people as a priority, not as an interruption. His ministry was done at great cost, not at convenience. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, you look at it. Jesus never asked us to analyze people's motives when we help them. And we do it. I do it all the time. I'm, I'm just going to come clean. Just minister to me. Quit, quit trying to analyze everything. It just, just, just do it. He doesn't qualify helping other people. We do. Got quiet when I said that. Okay, let me say it this way. Everybody that's here today, well, not in this service, but in that early service, everybody that was here at 8 o'clock service wasn't here to, to worship God. Some kids are only here because their parents say, you going to church today. God bless you because you should make them come to church. Amen. Until they paying their own mortgage and know the rent. Amen. We used to do that all the time. Yeah, there's some people that came in here uh, to get a hookup. Holler if you hear me, hey. There's some people who came looking for a permanent bed partner. Some people came looking for a temporary bed partner. I actually had it happen. I was on the radio and a sister said, uh, yeah, well, it's such a blight in the church. There's only uh, uh, one man for every 40 women. I said, not at Christ Bible Church. She said, she said oh, yeah, well, what, what's it at Christ Bible Church? I said, we're about one in three, maybe one in four at the most, but yeah, we got a lot of men at Christ Bible Church. She said, where church at? I said, we had 78, 77 South Coast. What time the service? We got one, eight, one, and 11. Now, I wasn't here last week. She came. She came. But my, 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 my point is this. Jesus knew their motivation, and he helped them anyway. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did everybody that Jesus healed get saved? 
but he healed them anyway. Did everybody Jesus feed get saved? But he fed them anyway. Did everybody Jesus help accept him? But he helped them anyway. That's the example that he sets before his disciples. Jesus, you're tired and you'll burn out. No, Jesus would say, I'd rather burn out than rust out. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called What's in Your Hand. And I love that phrase, I'd rather burn out than rust out. (laughs) May we live like that, right? Well, we're going to get back to this teaching in just one moment. If you're listening in a, another part of the world, we'd love to hear from you. It's always fascinating to uh, find out where listeners have connected with this ministry. So go ahead and uh, let us know where you're listening. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org. Here's Pastor Ford. We had a sister here. Uh, both uh, Elder Dixon and Elder Lyles know who I was talking about. We were smiling at each other this morning because we all had interaction with her. And she said, I'm leaving Christ Bible Church. And I said, in the exit interview, I said, okay, is everything okay between you and I? What I always do. Yeah, everything's all right. Uh, uh, you don't have anything against anybody here? No, I love the people here. I love you. I love the teaching. And shoot, you know. I said, well, why are you leaving? Uh, well, well, I'm, I'm headed over to Salem. I said, well, okay, well, I mean, God told you to go there? She said, Pastor, I went over there and visit. They got a lot of men over there. I said, wait a minute, you ain't telling me you getting ready to leave here because there are men over there? There's men over here, but not as many. She said, over there, I have more opportunities to be chosen. And she even, she even, she, you know, she, she, she joked about it. She said, you know what my verse is? I said, what? If any man will follow me, let him. <laughs> and, and so we were laughing this morning, brothers, because uh, she came back about two or three years later and visited. And so I, you know, I confronted her and Brother Lyles was there. I said, so have you been chosen yet? She said, not yet. And so this was now a total of about, she'd been there 11 years and she still ain't been chosen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, let me just go on record as saying, if you're going to look for a boo, the church is the better place to, to find one. I know you say, you know, the church is, look, better a church man than a club man. You know, it's like this. This is the way I feel. This is the way I feel. I just said it. It ain't on my notes or nothing. But listen, you don't go to Burlington to get food because you can't get food at Burlington. You don't go to Mickey D's to get steak. You can't get, now at McCormick and Schmidt, you can get a hamburger and you can get steak. Are you feeling me? In other words, at the church, at least there are some godly men. Oh, oh, thank you, brother. I got one godly man here. Thank you. I said, at least in church, there are some godly men. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, amen. And so what's our problem? Our problem is we have at ease disease. Say, what's that? Spectatoritis. Hey, I'm not an entertainer. I'm a preacher. They're not entertainers. They're worship leaders. Yeah, they've been given an assignment by God to engage you uh, to the point where uh, 
the spirit of God has free flow where, where you will begin to realize uh, that sometimes you just lift up your hand. You, don't, you didn't even know you were doing it. You just lift your head toward heaven and open up your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus, because you understand that being a Christian and worshiping and all of that is more than just being a spectator. Someone said, we're a sound church. Yeah, sometimes sound asleep. Yeah, we're a sound church. Yeah, sometimes all sound. We got a whole lot of people who talk the talk and who ain't walking the walk. Hello, somebody, don't look around. What's happening to us? Upper room has become the supper room. Rather than fasting and prayer, we have prayer breakfasts. Rather than buffeting our body, we are buffeting our body. And we minister when it's convenient for us. We minister when it's comfortable for us. We say things like, I'll give when I get out of debt. I'll serve when I finish school. The best ministry comes out of your pain, comes out of your lack, comes out of your brokenness. Sometimes you have to be bruised in order to be you. You think about it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You bring more glory to God. I wish I could call the roll, but I'm not going to call the roll because I'm ready to go home too. But a flower must be crushed if it's going to yield the perfume that brings a sweet aroma to your nostrils. It's got to be crushed. Grain has to be crushed and then ground into flour before it can make Dunkin' Donuts. Coal can be turned into a diamond by 5,000 degree, no, 5,000 pounds of pressure, 600 degrees of heat over an extended period of time. You know, how, you know how a pearl is made? A pearl is made by sand that gets in the oyster. It secretes a mucus around the sand because the sand is irritating it and it doesn't want to be irritated. So when more sand comes, it secretes more and then it secretes more and finally you got a pearl. So a pearl is just sand that was an irritation to an oyster where he secreted a mucus around it to turn it into something valuable instead of something that irritated. You got that, didn't you? I don't have to say it. Because there are people that when you try to minister to them, they put sand in your life. But when you secrete love and compassion, you're able to then turn around and give them something valuable. A pearl. Now you got to think about this. You're God's pearl now, but there was a time when you were somebody else's irritation. <laughs> and so here now, you have it. It's an inconvenient time. It's the Passover. Here's the bottom line. People take precedent over ceremonies. Remember what the Pharisees said? Your disciples are eating on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. I know we got a lot of them, but it's not about that. It's about helping somebody. All right. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. Let me share with you what I shared with them this morning, then I'll finish up. We had a sister here. Her name was Dorothy Lampkin. I mean, remember Sister Dorothy. Amen. And uh, when I first came, her husband, Rudy, was not saved. Now, he would always try to get her to go fishing and starve rock. And she would never go because we had uh, what most churches don't have anymore, a Sunday evening service every Sunday. And uh, she said, yeah, he want me to go fishing with him. And the Bible says, forsake not to send me yourself, I'm going to be in church. I told him, go on, go, go fishing. I'm going to church. 
I said, well, you get them to, you invite them to church with you? Yeah, I invite them all the time. He never comes. And then I said this. I said, maybe he never comes with you because you never go with him. If he asks you next Sunday, why don't you go with him? Go fishing. What? The pastor telling me to skip church? Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Because I know marriage. And so he's feeling that the church is more important than him. She said, it is. I said, well, no, that's not the priority in the Bible. He has to be the priority. And so she went. Check this out. Two Sundays later, guess who walked the aisle to receive Christ? Rudy Lampkin received Christ. Came to church with her, received Christ. Guess what his first ministry was? Ushering. We say it all the time. Come on, come on, say it. People don't care how much you know. Yeah, and all she had to do was show her husband, I love you, I, I'll spend some time with you. And he said, well, then I'll spend some time with you. Now, I know what you're saying, because you've been having people ask you to come to the club. And you've been asking them to go to the church. Hey. My brother said to me, you know what? I don't like your Jesus. So you don't like my Jesus. Yeah, I don't like him. Why? Because your Jesus took my brother away from me. We used to be real tight, do everything together. And I said, so why would you say something like that? He said, because you've always come to my birthday parties. Now, let me tell you about a Robert Johnson, a Robert Cornelius Johnson birthday party. Okay? Uh, it's a birthday party. And there, there's two, he has a two-floor house. On the top floor, all the women are up there with a male stripper. On the bottom floor, all the men are there with some female strippers. Okay? And so what he would do is he'd have a family dinner, and then it would break, it would break out. It would break out all over the house, reefer everywhere. And y'all know I can't go nowhere where there's reefer. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. And I don't know about you, I love the fact that sometimes he just tells it like it is and uh, doesn't sugarcoat things. And maybe you want to uh, just express a word of appreciation for that. Like many other listeners have, you can always do that by coming to the website, treasuretruthradio.org, and click on the contact link. Again, that's treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, we often hear the word stewardship in Bible teaching and Christian radio, but how does that apply to supporting a program like Treasure Truth or Moody Radio? Well, I think we need to understand that uh, everything is God's by ownership and it's ours by stewardship. A steward is a manager of somebody else's things. Okay. And yep. so we understand it all belongs to God. And what we want to do is we have trusted God to provide us in our giving. Now we ask God to guide us in our giving. Hmm. And uh, what we do is we begin to pray and to ask. You know, we support our local church, and then we give to the organizations that build us up and edify us. The word edify is an interesting word. literally means to build a house. Hmm. And when you listen to Moody Radio, programs like Treasure Truth and other Moody-sponsored programs, you're being built up in your most precious faith. Hmm. And you want to make sure that that kind of thing can continue where you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that can't happen unless we have individuals who will give. Well, you can give online by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button. 
Well, thanks for doing that and for listening. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.